absolutely no way in a million years I would be on telly if I hadn't have done that apprenticeship at Black & Decker. No way. When I first started and I told a lot of my friends that I'm going to do a plumbing apprenticeship, it was sort of the case of why would you want to do that? You're just going to be unblocking toilets and that kind of thing. I think the, the idea of it is wrong. I think people don't actually know what it is. What I can, I think, say safely for someone who's done an apprenticeship in the British Army is that they also get those life skills. We need skills and learning for everybody. And if you just look at those school leavers and say not everybody wants to go to university, uh, so we should have more apprenticeships. Actually, at school, engineering was just as much for girls as it was for boys. I think I learn so much more at work than I do at university. Um, so I'm in my third year of my degree and I can honestly say that you will never match the kind of learning on the job aspect. Hi, I'm Georgie Frost and welcome to All About Apprenticeships, brought to you by the HomeServe Foundation. Coming up, we're talking about apprenticeships in science, technology, engineering and mathematics, otherwise known, of course, as STEM. Now, industry experts claim a shortage of workers in this sector is causing a national crisis, costing the country billions at a time when we can least afford it. So are apprentices the answer? And with just 13% of the overall UK STEM workforce female, should businesses and the government be doing more to fill the STEM gender gap. And what do apprentices themselves make of it all? Joining me to discuss this is Alison Jackson, Head of HR at Paragon Customer Communications, who have just announced a huge investment in apprenticeships. They're also the first strategic partner for the HomeServe Foundation. And Mark Donnelly, Head of Apprenticeships and Skills at BAE Systems. The company is taking on more than 1,250 apprentices and graduates this year. We'll be hearing from some of their apprentices shortly. So welcome to you both. Mark, I want to get into the role of apprentices at BAE, but first, just briefly, before we really dive into it a little bit later on, just how bad is this so-called skills shortage in the STEM sector? I say so-called, we would have heard of it. It's something that even if you're not an expert in any of the things we're about to talk about, it's something that we know about. What is it? What is the impact? It is quite significant, Georgie, and and, uh, I'm sure Alison will concur. It's it's, uh, you know, in the hundreds of thousands, I think uh, an Engineering UK report referenced 690,000 technicians and engineers are required by 2022. So we, we as, a, as an industry, would all need to be doubling the numbers of, of, uh, of apprentices and graduates just to even, you know, get, get anywhere near to that, to that figure. So it is uh, significant. And then when you look at the sort of the gender position as well, you know, less females take up those roles. Uh, that, that's inspiring at the, the school age. It's just even a, a you know even more compounded. So I, I would absolutely uh, agree. It is significant, and uh, the impact is that you know industry has that that shortfall, um, that, and, and we need to think of new new ways of uh, of tackling this 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 issue. Alison, we'll get into ways of tackling the issue shortly. Um, but the impact, where do you see this? Not just on businesses and individuals but the economy going forward as well i absolutely 100 percent agree with it you know that the, the challenges that we face as a business um for those of us that are familiar with with paragon we're quite an acquisitive business um uh, and we are rapidly expanding um and identifying talent um and individuals that can step into our our sector um is one of the things that that we we experience difficulties we have a wide range of disciplines that we would be looking to um, um, hire and recruit to uh, and when we look at um, the, the kind of upper end of our, our workforce we have 
people retiring. So, you know, for us, the ch- the challenge is is quite significant. Um, and you know, even though we have those, you know, quite a wide range of disciplines, um, we are still really looking for people that have the the right kind of problem solving and numerical skill sets, which you know, t- you know, will will come from people that have that 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 knowledge base from from the STEM sector. So, um, it you know, for us, it's it's a very significant problem. But what's the impact of that? More broadly speaking, you know, there will be many companies that I assume if you just can't find the people, you won't survive. In terms of where we would be looking to go as a business, um, if with the shortfalls that there are out there on a on a broad spectrum, you know, if it's not if businesses don't act and look to take um, a kind of a joined up approach to how we can move things forward. Um, there is going to be a loss of a loss of knowledge, um, a loss of productivity going forward, and that's something that um, is going to have an impact on those individuals that do have that skills, those skill sets that companies need. Um, the, the market is going to be strained. Um, mm. So broadly speaking, you know, across all sectors, we're all going to be battling over the, the same the same individuals and the same resources, uh, and that is going to be a challenge for us. Mark, are we in danger of losing this sector from the country, as it were, from our economy? I don't think so. I think it's um, throughout all of the, the the decades of different challenges and things that it, it always manages to to uh, you know sort of push through the challenging times. And I think that's where the likes of apprenticeships um, and, and other early careers programs, but in particular apprenticeships, they play a really vital part in that um, you know sort of long term. Uh, sort of addressing the challenge to to, to the, uh, the the issue, I, I think it is. Um, I mean, completely agree with Alison. I think there's a there's, there's dangers where you know the supply chains could be hardest hit because typically you know the potentially the brands and reputation people gravi- gravitate towards the sort of the, the larger organisations. Um, and as as Alison says, there's challenges of competing for similar labour, and, that, and that's why you know from a the systems perspective, we we do. Um, we do focus on our early careers programs significantly, like apprenticeships and graduates, because it gives us that that pipeline, and, and we we are growing our own rather than you know sort of um, take, taking taking broader from from others too. So I, I would say I'd, I'd hope not, um, and uh, I think the advances in technology will also play a part as, as well, Georgie. And, mm. Agree. So you know, it's it's not necessarily just looking back and thinking, oh well. You know, we if if we just carry on doing the same things, we're not going to carry on doing the same things. We're gonna we're gonna innovate, and we need that creative change as well in what we do. So I think I think it will, it we will be okay. But we we can't just sit you know sit back. We have to actually be incredibly active in this space to to move forward. Well, you clearly are. You're taking on one thousand two hundred and fifty apprentices and graduates this year. Your title, your job, head of apprenticeships and skills at BAE Systems, uh, implies this is something that's quite seriously taken by the company. Um, just give us an idea of of what role apprentices play there then in in BAE Systems historically and now and going forward. BAE Systems, we we, we have you know sort of thirty five thousand employees in the UK and. We work on some of the most complex engineering, technologically advanced programs. So they help 
protect our, our national security. And within those 34,000, we've got 2,000 apprentices. So you, you're spot on. It's a significant uh, focus and contribution. As Alison mentioned with her organisation, you know, we've also have an ageing um, uh, workforce as well. So bringing new talent through is, is critical. Um, in fact, to be honest, apprenticeships and, and graduate programmes, but they, they help mitigate those, um, those scarce skills that we need. Um, so apprenticeships are taken incredibly seriously because we need to develop uh, nuclear software, aerospace, you know, project management skill sets that you wouldn't naturally find in the labour market. You have to grow your own. And also because of what we do within the defence sector, you know, that it makes it makes the right sense to to, to grow your own talent. Uh, we work on incredibly um, complex um, uh, you know, kit and, and, uh, and big sort of big programmes like the Tempest, which is the future of combat air system for the Royal Air Force and also Dreadnought, which is the new generation of submarines for the Royal Navy. So we've had apprenticeships for, for you know, 100 odd decades, 100 odd years, you know, in terms of different guises and different formats, um, because we've seen the value of bringing through uh, talent at a young, uh, young age and also adults too, but growing and nurturing that talent to work on our, our, our complex programmes. And the role that I have is, is that strategic uh, focus on, on bringing that, that talent through and making sure the programmes are, are fit for purpose, deliver what our business needs. But also it's a global focus as well. So I you know, reach out to uh, colleagues within the wider BA systems um, uh, or, you know, uh, company. We've got sort of 89,000 uh, employees totally around the world. And so working in like Australia, where we're introducing a systems engineering degree apprenticeship out, out there, uh, as well so it's it's uh, it's incredibly broad and um you know we've moved from probably traditionally we had engineering focus as apprenticeships we've, we've now got 50 different types of apprenticeship program so it has it has matured it has grown and we're more um we're more responsive i think in terms of what what we need around that sort of data science um the digital um and and, uh, and different levels of apprenticeship degree apprenticeships too I just want to ask about how you find your apprentices, how you advertise mm. for them. Um, what's the process and how do you make sure? Because in the last episode, we spoke quite a lot about a two-tier system developing. The the big companies will go for the best the best students, essentially, and, and we sort of lose the social mobility element of what we could have uh, with apprentices. How do you make sure that you are accessing the best talent and not just the ones that are getting the best grades and the ones that tick the right boxes yeah no it's a great it's a great point i think you know not only do apprenticeships give us that that vital skill set but they also help to give us um, a diverse workforce and help to create that that diversity that we need so we have a, a far-ranging reach but equally we've got targeted programs as well so we have i mean we were found a member with um uh, with movement to work which helps the young unemployed to access opportunities we, we uh, you know, typically have a sort of just shy of, sort of 9,800 placements each year for movement, movement to work. They move into the apprenticeship programme uh, as, as a real credible pipeline. 26% of, um, of our intake is from the most disadvantaged communities in, in, in England. So that's sort of the top three, call it the top three deciles of uh, you know, indices of multiple deprivation. So it, it's it is incredibly important to us to have that diversity because we know that with diversity, you've got your competitive edge. 
we are wanting to be and seeking to be as an organization more representative of of the communities in which we serve so it, it's, it's only natural to to reach out and to, to to do to do that so it's both a national and local attraction campaign i listen to to mark intently and i think we're, we're um uh you know we're quite small fry in terms of our approach um and and quite novices i think in terms of where we are so so at the moment we've got about 55 um employees that are on apprenticeship schemes and we ourselves have developed our own um individual our own set program which we've um determined is ignite um specifically for um uh, paragon and our sector and what we're looking for um but our our challenge is 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 quite significant um uh, we work with some providers that can help us to kind of reach um uh, an array of individuals um but i think for the the printing and communications sector um you, you know it, it's not one of those areas that would naturally spring to somebody's mind as to say, say oh yes this is what i want to get into but the reality of it is we have a number of um technology platforms um, we do a lot around um, data analytics and data insight so we need quite a, a wide range um, of individuals that we would want to try and attract um, and so for us you know we're, we're very much at the start of the journey in terms of trying to identify ways of how we can access those individuals so developing our own ignite program which is um, a, a, a rotation across our business is the start of that um, uh, also, um, through our partnerships, um, such as what we've 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 um, engaged with HomeServe and that ability to connect us with other sectors that are far more advanced and other organisations that are far more advanced in what they they're delivering, helps us to to kind of learn from those those sectors and build up our own network. Um, Mark, you spoke about combat air systems and submarines. Mm. Let's get into some of the, I, I think it would be fun stuff. Um, the stuff that your apprentices get involved in. It's, you know, it's a great experience, isn't it, for someone who's come into the industry. We, we don't let them loose straight away uh, into the, um, you know, into the sort of uh, submarines or the air, around the aircraft and stuff. But uh, at the beginning, they are um, they are based in our academies. Uh, we have uh, we invest 50 million in our academies for skills and knowledge and um uh, you know, in particular, one at uh, Baron Furness. They are working in, in a protected environment, but they are working on, as, as you say, some fantastic, um, uh, you know, technologies. Um, we have things like a, a 3D cave where they, they can get involved in immersive experiences and to take some of the, you know, take take the aircraft apart virtually and they can see all of the, the workings of the um, of the systems that are in play there so it's a great way of of um of learning and actually clearly learning in a safe way and and experiencing that but then probably after that's the first year of, of uh, focus they then they then go on their their placements and as we're listening to Alison talking about those you know the focus that you have in the placements is so important isn't it because they then have a period of you know be it six months or six to twelve months placements where they'll actually go to different parts within uh, the, the sort of submarine build or where, wherever they're based, and they'll and they'll experience and work on uh, the, uh, the contribute towards the, the project. The project. And they're very much our, our workforce. Uh, we see them, you know, not just doing their apprenticeship with us, but having a long-term career. So 
they get immersed in all of that great, great stuff. But we do it in a in a safe and staged way uh, as, as we move we move forward. Well, thank you, Mark. We've actually spoken to some of your apprentices, and this is what they had to say. Hello, I'm Asha Pickford. I'm 18 and I'm a BAE Systems Engineering Higher Apprentice in Maritime Services. I applied for this apprenticeship as I wanted to gain both hands-on practical experience whilst also continuing with my education. An apprenticeship was therefore an ideal path for me, combining both aspects into one. And BAE was a local company to me with large opportunities. The best part of my apprenticeship is the variety of opportunities available within the company. There is always something interesting happening and something you should be interested in. There are always industry or professionals around who are willing to help you. I would tell anyone pursuing a STEM career to go for it. Apply everywhere as to not pigeonhole yourself. STEM is a great career option with a wide range of opportunities available to you. Hi, I'm Nathan Binney. I'm 18 years old. I work for Land UK Washington as an electrical maintenance apprentice. What made me decide to do this apprenticeship was that it is so varied in both opportunity, experience and allows for career progression. Throughout BE Systems you get the opportunity to work on world class products and cutting edge technology, therefore giving me the best possible start in my future career. I think the mix of both theory and practical work activities allow you to gain the best possible knowledge within your field. For me, my favourite part of the job is that I get to face a new challenge every day whilst working with a highly experienced set of engineers who will go out of their way to help me progress as an electrician. I get so much pleasure from solving problems and fixing things and a real sense of accomplishment at the end of the day. I'm constantly looking forward to see what the next day will bring. STEM opens up so many opportunities for apprentices. It helps you to gain transferable skills which you can use throughout both work and home life. You get to work with the newest technologies, most experienced staff and achieve something more than just qualifications. Through a career in STEM, I have already gained confidence, independence and accomplished things I never thought I'd be able to do before. My name is Amelia, I'm 19 years old and I'm currently on the Advanced Engineering Technician Apprenticeship at BAE Systems. I decided to do this apprenticeship because since a very young age, when I went to my very first air show, I grew a massive obsession towards the Eurofighter Typhoon aircraft and the engineering side of it. So then I decided to go to Air Cadets where I had several flying experiences and then this is where I began to really learn about BAE Systems and what it's all about. So then I went on to the BAE Systems Engineering Taster Week and this confirmed that this was the company that I definitely wanted to work for. I also grew to learn that BAE Systems offers endless opportunities such as travelling and you can really find the right career path for you. And I also grew to learn about the future concepts and capabilities and I knew that this is something that I really wanted to be part of. What I love most about this apprenticeship is that we learn a wide range of skills which is very helpful for when we want to mould our career into the company because we can pick the skills that we enjoy most. Also, I learn my best through being hands-on and working with others. So being able to work at the Academy of Skills and Knowledge has definitely brought out the best in me. What I would say to anyone thinking of pursuing a career in STEM is that it's amazing to have a career that will have an impact on the future ways of life. STEM careers are very diverse, so there is an endless amount of possibilities to find the right career path for you. 
Now, Alison, we spoke about the difficulties that you face, that you're sort of new, I suppose, in terms of the investment in apprenticeships. But tell us a little bit more about what was behind it. I suppose it's you know, big data, cloud computing, e-com, you know, all your world, all soaring at the moment. Was that behind it? Yeah, I mean, I think like most organisations, we 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 realised that, um, you know, our sector, uh, which was, you know, historically predominantly print, um, although we, we've we've moved into um, uh, analytics and, and and insight over the years. Um, but that, you know, the challenges are, as I said before, you know, an, an aging workforce. So the need to actually adapt and change. And I think if, you know, if we're being brutally honest, I think that the combination of the introduction of the apprentice levy really focused um, the board's minds about, you know, actually there's a charge here. We need to start making sure that we utilize this in the right way. So for us, and certainly, um, from an HR perspective, you know, that was a real catalyst for change to, to, to get the, the business on board to really wake up and say, right, well, we can start using this in the right way. And the right way for us then really is looking at, um, uh, you know, where are the areas where we would want to, to really start to put talent into the business um, and, and how we can identify those individuals. And I think, uh, you know, we, we, we're very, you know, for us, you know, we've got, we've got sites all over the country. Um, we've got about 24 sites up and down the, the UK. Um, and a, a, a large chunk of those are production orientated sites. So, you know, we're looking to the local community to how we can access individuals that have um, a skill set that, that will complement our, our workforce. And for us, you know, it's it's that ability to be able to um, have the flexibility, have the mindset, um, have that kind of um, problem solving approach. So, you know, we, we're not necessarily, you know, we, we have people that are on a vast array of apprenticeships as, it, as from within our workforce as well. Um, but it's 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 really the driver for us was how can we bring that talent in that can service those areas. Um, so it's for us, a large portion of that falls on the printing side, but we also have um, a strong foothold on the technology side as well. Uh, so for us, it was a real avenue where we, you know, if we can develop our own programs and, and look to, to, to bring individuals in through an apprenticeship scheme, then, you know, we can kind of lock them in and we can show them how their careers can, you know, can develop and how they can move around our organization. Because again, once, once we've, we've, we've got them, then they can see the, the, the various opportunities that we have. I want to delve a little bit more into the skills shortage in STEM, if that's all right, Alison. Um, business have been struggling to recruit in the last few years. You've both spoken about this, but is it the thing, is it the issue that young people aren't seeing STEM as a good career option? Is it this gender gap that we spoke about, because it's very hard to get the number of people when you've only got 13% of your workforce is, is, is female. Uh, is it something else? Are businesses not doing enough? Government not doing... What is the problem? Mark said it starts in schools. Is that it? I think it's multifaceted. I think it is partly in schools. I think it's partly on organisations 
um, to, 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 to demonstrate and show that, that, that the correlation between career paths um, uh, that are linked to STEM. I mean, I think for a, a, an organization like that Mark is, is in, you know, it, there's quite a direct correlation. But I think if people look at, at Paragon uh, Custom Communications, they wouldn't necessarily make that correlation that, that those are skill sets that are quite critical to, to the, the roles that we do. It's not necessarily just about we can't, you know, it's an issue with, with schools. I think organizations need to be better at marketing um, the, the, the skill sets that they need um, across the different different sectors um, and, and making sure that people are, there is a desire for that. And I think, I think the other aspect of it is, you know, uh, I've got two children um, and, you know, if we're looking at maths, for example, I've got a, a, a nine-year-old and 11-year-old um, and they love maths and I hope that that continues. But I think, you know, as people move, as children move through their careers, you know, that, that their careers through their schooling, that 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 kind of thinking kind of drops away, and um, you know whether that to keep that sustained, I think is something that um, you know the, the government organisations and schools play a part on in promoting it. There's a lot more discussion and chat, and this is part of that. You know the the approach to get that moving, but I think there's a lot more that can be done. I struggle with this, Mark, because I'm in that category. Bear in mind, a few years ago, but I went to school. I did all science A levels. I've got a doctor mum and a geophysicist dad. It should have been a natural progression, and indeed, I did get in to do chemistry, and then changed at the end to do history. I just didn't see it was for me. I think it's about the the way in which we we provide the, that careers support and advice and guidance as well. So. Um, you, you're right. You could even follow that that sort of STEM uh, experience during school, and then still not end up in a uh, you know an engineering or manufacturing sort of STEM STEM based role in a company. I think there's probably a, a disconnect, and, a, and there needs to be more um, leveling of the the vocational and the academic side of things. So if you think about um, from an ac- academic perspective, you know lots of um, uh, sort of outcomes are you sort of go you do your A levels you move on you you might go to university you might you might get get you get your job from there and and I think apprenticeships I almost feel like apprenticeships are the the nation's best kept secret because they work for the young person they work for the, the company I mean you know absolutely brilliant return on investment uh, and they work for government in terms of a public purse investment you know for every pound spent you sort of eighteen pound back or. Twenty-six pounds for the for the actual sort of STEM-based role. So it it it's it's a it's a brilliant model. It's a brilliant model during um, a downturn in the economy to invest in apprenticeships. But I just think the, the brand and the promotion needs to be so much stronger so that young people can see that line of sight to uh, you know real opportunities, real careers, and apprenticeships. I think things like um, the, the introduction of T levels, I think they'll play a part, and you know they've got this big potential for them, hopefully, to 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 be um, that vocational um, focus that, that's required at that at that point in a sort of 16 to 18 year olds um, decision decision making, and that hopefully lead through to a more vocational perspective. But I, I mean, I, I agree with Alison. I think there needs to be uh, there needs to be a lot of focus in schools, but it, but equally, companies like ourselves, we we should be doing you know uh, lots lots that we can do also. So 
things like role models, uh, using our apprentices as role models is, is massive, um, but also helping support um, developing teachers so that we're demystifying what manufacturing engineering is all about and that we're supporting teachers. Um, it is about that inspiring hearts and minds and that the school's roadshow that we typically do is um, it's in partnership with the Royal Air Force and the Royal Navy. And we use theatre, um, theatre in action to actually get across the, uh, you know, the, um, the, the amazing sort of fun and, and experiences that you can have in, in the STEM the STEM space. So at that, at that sort of you know, 8 to 14 age, it's just about inspiring them into, into a world of STEM. But then as you get closer to the 15, 16, 17-year-old, it needs to be really pinpointed in terms of career career opportunities and and um you know the people who the apprentices that come to us they they're here for a lot for the long term so of the you know 2000 in learning you know 95 percent of 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 our volume of our of apprentices will complete their apprenticeship and of those who complete you know first unheard of because of the investment that we take in it they'll, they'll all be offered full term full-time um, contracts and you know permanent contracts with us so and we see them in the business of you know 90 still 10 years on in, in the business so it, it's a brilliant um opportunity i think that's a really important point i think for me all i could see was doctor as a mother so the career had to be doctor i didn't mm. much fancy geophysics i wasn't great at physics but it was making that link what am i doing in my a levels or whatever i'm studying to then have something that I can see and imagine. And, and that's, I suppose, Alison, to a degree, is is where role models come in, where companies could better sell themselves. And these are the sorts of careers you can do. I just hoped it got better since I went to school. And I assume it has. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's that, that old adage, if you can see it, you can, you can, you can be it. And, mm. you know, to your case in point, I think... I think the more publicity that we could get around these areas and particularly with STEM, those those um, careers or those career paths of how you can get in, into these organisations. Um, you know, I, I, I certainly believe that apprenticeships are 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 absolutely the future because with the, the you know, we haven't really touched on the pandemic but with the sort of turbulent times that we've had recently I think that's been a big wake-up call for organizations um, and I think the the desire to be able to have people come into the business um, and be able to see a pathway that they can where they get active experience and also that that combination of of a job whereas you go down the what's still promoted quite heavily a traditional university path um which has got horrendous fees attached to it the requirement to kind of live away from home and then you know at the end of the day no real guarantee of a role at the end of it you know there's a i think there's a big shift that's coming that coming through so i think if we're able as organizations to really promote um the the kind of the wider aspects of 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 the, the the kind of skills that we need and and have that link and and I think that would require government support. I think this is an area where we can look to really kind of push the boundaries and get um, the right skill sets coming through and make it something that is tangible and accessible for for younger people. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's it, it, won't, it won't solve itself. Um, we need to have that uh, partnership approach, and it is it's a combination of, of, of schools, it's, it's government, it's, in, it's employers, uh, it's working with you know the likes of the apprenticeship ambassador networks, um, having those ambassadorial role models, both both employer role models, but also uh, apprentice role models, and then playing to the the relative strengths of where where that works you know so what social media platforms would you have um would you target that that focus and and uh you know so, so what what channels would you engage with from an employer perspective to ensure that we promote the right sorts of things what's our strategy now for for engaging uh, all these important um you know groups stakeholder groups young people uh, governments etc what is our platforms for doing that? Do we have it as physical, a virtual, a blend? And, and it's working together to make that happen because people will, you know, we often talked about sort of the, the catapult of change that, that's taken place during the pandemic, the digital um, step change that we've all had to make. We probably moved, you know, in the first three months, four months of, of the pandemic hitting, we probably moved quicker there as a, as a nation not in terms of IT than, than we would have done in three three to four years in, in those three to four months. So we need to just build on that now and actually, you know, get get involved in, in real initiatives that, that make that difference. But ultimately, young people will relate to young people and adults who are experiencing that, that apprenticeship and they, they need to see themselves. So role models need to be, you know, reflective and uh, of, of, the, of our you know, diverse communities that people need to see themselves and think, wow, that, that could be me. Look at what they've achieved. Alison Monk spoke there of the pandemic. It would be remiss not to. And it seems strange when we talk of opportunities presented by something that's been so devastating. But in terms of the use of technology, we know trade skills are in high demand. It is now a real opportunity to show off just how good a career in STEM could be. And if we talk about you know role models and making that link, kids every day are making that link with what with what they're on their phones, their laptops. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, we now have, um, I think, a cohort of children that are, that are growing up and will be moving into the workforce with a with a far more advanced skill set and probably understanding, um, having dipped their toe in the water with this and 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 it being propelled. So, you know, I really do think that we are on the cusp of if we we're able to get that blend right of being able to get that 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 connectivity with them keep that interest but also show them okay this is what you've been doing in from a, in the home you know this from a practical perspective you know this is how it feeds through into the classroom and then this is how you know in terms of your 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 next step or a potential career path as organizations we can offer we can offer this for you you know i would say that there is a there is a there is a gap that we need to plug through through marketing in the right way and promoting and using platforms like this to be able to advance that um but going forward with the right mix i see that as a, a you know as it being a bit more of a natural progression and an easier eat more easily identifiable opportunity for young individuals we, we know young people are now more digitally savvy um we we've been working on our apprenticeship programs our standards i i chair the the aerospace group and support the maritime defense group as well and we we create with other employers the actual standards that the apprentices follow the knowledge the skills and the behaviors but as we're doing a refresh right now with, with government we're, we're, we're making sure those digital elements are really factored in 
so that um, you know young people are are going to have have those um, skills embedded, those essential uh, skills embedded, because work is is going to be different. Uh, we are going to be doing things much more. Uh, you know, think about the design, the, the sort of the design, design, manufacture and build process. We'll do a lot more at the, at the front end. We, we'll do a lot more work and uh, a lot more at the front end. We'll do a lot more work in terms of the, the design and, and working with, with technology to make to make that um, uh, you know easier as opposed to building something and then changing it and be more costly at, at the back end of a, of a, of a life cycle of a, of a build of a product. So. It is definitely shifting, and all of the the actual you know the future factory it's termed you know the sort of working in that digital environment and having your your tools turn up uh, at your work your work area wherever you're going to be working your tools turn up uh, via a sort of a, a digital um, uh, you know uh, sort of interface and they arrive and you can then work exactly on what you need just at that particular time. So the, the changing face of manufacturing is, is is significant and the digital transformation that's taking place is is fantastic and as Alison says you know young people are are primed to actually be in that space and to support that. We started by talking about the skills shortage and the problems that that could cause if we don't get it right but I want to know you know what are your views if we can get it right for the country for businesses and for individuals the answer and how we can get it right and and, and the impact of if we do get it right Alison. I think if we get it right we are giving ourselves massive opportunities as an as a country to kind of i guess step out as what of 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 quite a kind of a, a bleak period that that we're in i think or we have been in you know we've had a lot of change um economically moving out uh, with with brexit um and then into a pandemic um and I think it would, you know, I see it as a real opportunity to be able to give young people um, uh, a, a massive step up in the right direction um, and to be able to give them real hope, I think. And, and also it gives me hope. I am very positive about the future of where where we can get to. But I think it's it's we still at this point in time need to focus on really promoting this area as an area that is um, uh, one that that has opportunities um, and one that is actually um, critical for all sectors you know because if you really look at stem you know there you know what underpins it are are, are skill sets um, and and capabilities that are needed across all sectors yeah i suppose from my perspective i i think we need to have that that parity um which, you know, what would it be in terms of a you know a year or so down the line you know it would be fantastic to have that that parity where the, the level playing field where vocational and academic um are, are seen on on a par you know the apprenticeships alongside um going to uni or whatever they're they're, they're equivalent and I think that that across all, you know, from employers, parents, teachers, um, sort of government focus as well, it, it needs to have uh, it needs to have that apprenticeships need to be lifted. And as Alison says, we need that really focused and, and, and widespread promotion of apprenticeships because they genuinely will help employers um, to to give them the skills they need. They will help to tackle the youth on you know the unemployment. Um, 
uh, sort of challenges and crisis uh, that, that we'll be uh, in amongst. Uh, and they're going to, you know, provide those long-term careers uh, in in that um, in in the, in the space. And and even if they, they spend time with one organisation, then move across to other because of the way that the friendships are built now. It's just, ability and the skill set that digital green you know sort of net zero all those great sort of elements that we will be factoring into the apprenticeships they'll have a great skill set to uh, to utilize going forward so lots of hope uh, georgie um we just need to continue on this journey and, and really focus in on it excellent thank you so much to mark to allison to all our bae systems apprentices and thank you for listening to this episode of all about apprenticeships if you want to get in touch to have your say on anything we've been talking about today you can find the HomeServe foundation on twitter at hsv underscore foundation just use the hashtag all about apprenticeships and if you enjoyed this episode please do leave a rating and hit subscribe it helps other people find us